Bibles and turn to Proverbs 31. Yeah, adjust me out there a little bit, guys. I'm, I'm just hearing what I'm hearing, and I sound a little tinny. Proverbs 31. Today I want to talk about an obvious, a what a, a wonder woman is. I believe that a mom should be referred to. Now, some of you guys said, oh, man, you're, you're going you're to sell us out. Well, hang on to your hat. We're going to talk about the Wonder Woman. You see, it is, and I'm not, and thank God if I were able to come back again as anything picked out by me, I would not come back as a woman. I would want to come back as a man, just like I am now. Uh, I don't know that I could survive being a female. That There's just too much going on. If I can't deal with part of my brain working, I can't imagine if both sides were working. I, I wouldn't be able to. I was a framer. I, I, I did trim. And I did all that with half my brain. But if I had a did, done all that with both of my brains kicking, uh, both sides of my brain kicking, I don't have but one brain. Oh, uh, I don't know. I may, I may have never got anything done. And uh, so my hat's off to you. But when you, when you mention the word mother, there's a lot of things that come to mind. You know, this morning, the devotion that I read, and I try to read. I don't, I'm not successful every day, but I try to read in the Proverbs what the day is. Yesterday was the 11th. And on July the 11th, 2014, I spent time in this pulpit on, I forget what day in particular that day was, and I preached in front of me my mother's funeral. And uh, <clears throat> so I don't have the, the beauty of having my mom here today, but my mom's with Jesus. And I wouldn't have any better place that, or any, I couldn't think of any better place that she could be right now than her to be with Jesus because my mom had gotten in, in bad shape and she needed a lot of things done physically that she didn't want done. But, you know, when you think about mother, what do you think about? Well, I, I have to think about when a, a mother involves children. And uh, so I got to thinking, well, what do children think about mother? And, and I don't know any other way than to give you a series of questions that one time was asked to children about their mothers. One question was, why did, did, mom, why did God make mothers? And the children said to help us out of there when we were getting born. A second question was, how did God make mothers? And, and the answer to the kids was, magic plus super powers and a lot of stirring. What ingredients are my mothers made of? The children said God made mothers out of clouds and angel hair and everything nice in the world and a little dab of mean. <laughs> Apparently one of them didn't care for the mother that day. Number four, why did God give your mother, give you your mother and, and not some other mother to you? The children said, well, God knew she would like me a lot more than all the other people's moms, and so that's why he gave me my mama. What kind of little girl was your mother? 
And the standard question was, well, I don't know because it wasn't there. But my guess was she was a little on the bossy side and and sometimes nice. Well, why why did your mom marry your dad? They said, well, she was... She got too old to do anything else with him. <laughs> Who is the boss at your house? And immediately the mom said, they said, well, mom is. She doesn't want to be, but she has to because dad's always busy. What's the difference between moms and dads? Well, moms work at work and work at home. Dads just go to work at work. Makes sense to me. What does your mom do in her spare time? They all said, Mama don't have no spare time. What would it take for your mom to make your mom perfect? Well, the kid said on the inside, she's already perfect. But on the outside, some plastic surgery might help. (laughs) Now, remember, the kid said that. That's not me. Don't get mad at me. Number 11. If you could change one thing about your mama, what would it be? They said, I would like to get rid of those invisible eyes that are in the back of her head. (laughs) Well, I'm sure at times my kids thought that about my wife and about the way we raised them. And we tried our best to be as on top of it as you can. But I I realize that being on top of raising your children is not easy, is it? I mean, they'll pull things when you think you're watching and, and come to find out later on down the road, you go, how did that happen? Well, anyway, Proverbs twelve four says, a worthy wife is a, uh, a worthy wife is a, her husband's joy and crown and a shameful wife sappens his strength. And you say, well, are you going to talk about a shameful wife today, or are you going to talk about a, 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 an honor or worthy wife? Well, I have to give you what the goal is. Now, the goal is Proverbs 31. Now, in reading that, it presents all kind of problems, and maybe, and I'll preface this a little bit, maybe some of you women say, you know what, that, that's hard to live up to. I probably would agree with you. So I don't want you to leave out here discouraged, and I'm going to try to balance. You know me. I'm going to balance it with the real 2019 every bit I can. But I just want you to know, I don't want you to leave here and say, good night. I ain't coming to Mother's Day next time. He's too hard on us. All I've got to do is read Proverbs 31. It's hard on everybody. So don't feel like you're the only one in here if if it gets to feeling that way. Well, we're going to look at what God thinks about moms and characteristics of the woman. And, and I want you to know that definitely the woman, and I've learned this, and, and Cindy is the heart of our home. It's not me. I mean, if I'm not careful in the midst of all that's going on, I'm liable to fall asleep. And, and then the, she has to tell me later on what went, what went on. But a mother won't do that. I have, I've seen very few mamas in the middle of it all just disengage. She is the heart of the home. She's the important part that makes your home run smoothly. Now, we guys, we think it's us. But I, now, I've done lived long enough to know it ain't me. 
you know, my mind, even though in the house sometimes is in the barn or in the yard or here at this, in this job, sometimes my wife won't talk to me when I first come home because they won't do no look good because I don't listen to her. Have you ever had your wife speak a lot of things to you when you walk in, and then all of a sudden she said, now, did you hear that? And you go, hear what? You see, you weren't home when you got home. It, took, it takes a little for us to get home and just wind down and, and pay attention of, of our surroundings. Well, guys, we know, and let me go ahead and just pre-warn you, your wife knows too. Your wife knows that you don't have a clue. Your wife knows that, she, that you don't understand her. And, and if she would admit, she don't understand you either. And, and that's been probably some of the reasons that you argue a lot because you don't understand one another. Well, a guy was walking on the beach of California, and he saw a lamp laying in the sand, and he picked it up, and he rubbed the side out of it, and a genie popped out. That genie was so happy to get out of the lamp, he decided that he was going to grant one wish to that lucky guy. The guy thinks about it and says, well, what I would like to, for you to do is to build a highway to Hawaii because I'm afraid to fly. The, the genie responded, well, this can't be done because it would be technologically impossible considering the depth of the ocean and the distance of Hawaii. So he asked the guy to wish for something else. The guy thinks about it, and he's quick at the draw. He says, all right, very enthusiastically. He said, if I have to come up with another wish, help me understand women. All of a sudden, quickly, the genie said, do you want that highway two lane or four? (laughs) You see, we all live under that frustration. We all live that it's not that we're anti-wanting to try to get to know who you are. You change, and so do we. You know, I love premarital counseling. Now, if you got problems, I don't like to hear all that stuff. I get all tensed up, and I'll recommend you to, to $125 an hour to call the Eagles Landing that meet here. I'm just not good at trying to work out all your layers of problems. But now, when you don't have them, and everybody's sitting there in your office anticipating that wonderful, glorious 50,000 wedding day, you ain't paying a bit of attention to nobody. You don't have any clue that what's fixing to happen to you and what's to hit you upside the head. You think everything is peachy doy. It's all going to be good, free sailing until you say, I do. Then I'm telling you, beyond that, I ain't qualified to listen to a thing else. Leave that to the experts. But now, I can get you there before you get there. I can sit and make you feel great about it and share with you and warn a few things about it. But by the time you get to motherhood, you better learn that a godly mother ain't like no other. And, and the fact of it is, the more I look around, there ain't a whole lot of godly women around. And I'll even come to say this. I don't see a lot of godly men either. I see a lot of women who are single, and I see a lot of men who are single, but they ain't godly. They're far from it. Now, there's a big difference between a good mother 
and a great mother, and that is if she is a godly mother. Now, do you know what that looks like? That's why I got the Bible. I want you to look at verse 10, and we're going to look at a wonder woman who is a godly mother. Verse 10 says, first of all, who can find one? Now, I have a feeling that in this room today, there's some godly women. And he says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? Now, like I said, when you're looking for one, you're just praying God send you the right one. And that not only is she right for you, but are you right for her? But when it comes to someone that's already married and you've already had kids here involved, there's characteristics that we see that begin to unfold by God who classify what a wonder woman or a godly woman is. God says that, first of all, she is a lady of virtue. Who can find a virtuous woman? The word virtuous means worthy. It means valiant. It means courageous. It means brave. Let me tell you something. It takes brave women today to have kids. Now, it was one thing when my kids came along, and then the school goes to calling when there's problems, you know, when, when, when you've got to go before the principal and, and the school superintendent's wife and sit in a room of a note that I wrote that says, if that kid keeps picking on my kid, I just gave my kid to whoop him. That didn't fly good in school. And he didn't get called in. I got called in. And they said, what do you mean? telling your child that he can defend himself. I said, what do you mean to tell me that you're paying a teacher, probably back then 30000 a year if they got that, to watch my child and to keep my kids safe to where nobody is picking on him? And it got kind of quiet like that. Dr. Warlow was sitting on the other side, and Miss Snyder was in the room. And it was real quiet. You see, it ain't easy to be a mama and a daddy. And it will be very difficult at times when you have to raise your kids. But dads, listen to me. Don't you send your wife to that school. Because some of you got kids that are going to have you. You're going to get to know all the teachers by name. And they're going to know you. Because they knew who I was. But don't you dare send your wife up there by herself. She may be brave. She may be courageous. But teachers hate to see dad show up. And listen, dad, you don't have to say a word. All you got to do is just sit there. It will change the atmosphere of the room. Believe me. Now, I couldn't just sit there and keep my mouth shut. I get in trouble all the time. But you do that. You see, one of the most, someone's described the virtuous woman, and, and it was described in as the most dis- 
creative job in the world. The most creative job in the world involves fashion, decorating, recreation, education, transportation, psychology, romance, literature, art, economics, pediatrics, religion, entertainment, energy, and management. Anyone who can handle all these jobs has somebody special, and you do because that is the job of a mom. She got to do all that. She got to participate in all those things. Abraham Lincoln once said and expressed it well when he said, No one is poor who has a godly mother. A godly mother described here is a rare breed. As a matter of fact, she is very difficult to be found. Second of all, uh, a wonder woman is is a lady of value. Look at verse, the latter part of verse 10. In the New Living Translation, it says she's worth more than rubies. In the King James Version, it says her price is far above rubies. In that day, in the setting and the text of that, rubies and pearls were considered priceless. It's like our gold today. You say, well, I don't think gold's priceless. Well, you, would you give me your gold? Because I beg to differ with you. And I used to have some gold coins. When it fluctuated, to, and I had them and I sold them at the highest peak of around $1,550 an ounce. I think right now it's hovering around, anybody know? 1280 That's So you follow the gold. Gold is a price, a price, or it's a precious metal, but it's a precious commodity. Here the Bible says that her price is far worth more than all of the gold that you can accumulate. Verse 11 says, her husband can trust in her, and she will greatly enrich his life. Verse 12 says, she will not hinder him, but help him all the days of her life. There was a preacher who just went into ministry. I can remember my first sermon. It was the worst sermon I had ever heard, and definitely the worst one I ever preached. Some of these preacher boys that I've heard around here, son, they do a good job. But I didn't. I mean, gosh, the most I ever said was a cuss word when it hit my finger, when I was framing or, or trimming. And here I am up four people trying to preach. Well, he went to this seasoned preacher, and he asked him, he said, can you give me something that will be an ear catcher to all the people, and I can get their attention? He said, man, I can give you one of the best. It's worked for everybody I've ever used or I've ever given it to for them to use. He said, what you do is when, and I guarantee it'll work, when you get up before the crowd, you say this, some of the best years of my life was spent in the arms of another man's wife. And then pause. And then say, that was my mother. Now, he said, it's very important Two things that you need to remember. One is you must pause after you make the statement. And the second one is please tell your wife what you're about to say. So he gets up there. He had two problems. Number one, he was so nervous his knees were knocking. Second of all, he forgot to tell his wife. So he gets up. He stands before the crowd, scared to death. 
doesn't even think about the fact that he hadn't told his wife about it, and said to the crowd, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to say to you that some of the greatest years of my life has been spent in the arms of another man's wife. He was silent. That is funny. But he couldn't remember what he was supposed to say. So he said it a second time. They say when you can't remember it, say it again. So he said, ladies and gentlemen, some of the greatest years of my life I've spent in the arms of another man's wife. He paused, but he couldn't remember. By this time, his wife done got up. She had a temper, and she was a hothead, and she was heading for the pulpit. So she gets right to the platform, and he says, the best thing I can do is say this one more time. Some of the greatest years of my life, his wife's there coming to kill him, was spent when I was, when I spent, (laughs) my life was spent in the arms of another man's wife. And he looked at the crowd and he said, for the like of me, y'all, I cannot remember who that woman is. (laughs) Now today, you had the opportunity to wake up and you should have known that today is Mother's Day. Now, if you're going to use the excuse, oh, my Lord, I forgot, ain't going to work. It was the dumbest thing for you to ever even say that. You know, as a 64-year now old pastor, I've learned a few things. Number one is you don't forget your wife's birthday. That's just downright suicidal. Number two, you don't forget her anniversary. And then, of course, (laughs) number three, Don't forget her birthday. Birthday, Mother's Day, anniversary. Don't forget it. Now, some of you have already forgot it, hadn't you? And you're like this preacher. I just forgot it, didn't I? Well, I know what her anniversary is. I just didn't read the notes right then, right? The best days of my life. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Thirdly, moving right along, a wonder woman is a lady of vitality. You say, what does that mean? Energy, endurance. Now, I'm watching my wife get old with me. Now, she, well, there's nothing wrong. Is there anything wrong with growing old? She's growing old with me. I know that you didn't like the sound of that, but that's true. You know, I have a man in this church that he's dead now. He said, Mike, I'm not going to that old folks class because I'm not old. I said, yeah, you are. He said, no, I'm not. I'm not old. Now, come on. There's nothing wrong with me and my wife growing old together. But our energy level is not the same as it used to be. But my wife can go and go and go and go and go. And then finally, when she walks in, I can tell, go in there and just kind of lay down and relax, take deep breaths. Because I can tell she's had 
a stressful day. Well, verse 13 says that a wife of vitality finds wool and flax and busily spins it. Do you know what that means, ladies? A godly woman knows how to use a sewing machine. Is that what it means, spin? Don't you think that a godly woman needs to know how to use a a sewing machine? I bought my wife one one time when we first got married. She said, that'll make a good boat anchor, but I ain't using it. I said, yes, ma'am. I never used it as a boat anchor. I don't even know where it went. I might have sold it in the yard sale. But she's concerned about the clothes of her family. Look at verse 14. She's like a merchant ship. She brings food from afar. Now, she don't bring food from afar where she's cooking over. She brings food for the family. She don't mind shopping. I hear a woman every once in a while say, you know what? I hate shopping. Well, a godly woman has to bring food to the family. Now, I'm just reading the Scripture. You can get mad with God if you want to. All right? Because some of you women in here don't cook. I know that. You hate shopping. And you're wishing that I'll hurry and move on. Shut up. Verse 15. She gets up before dawn and prepares breakfast for her household. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. And no, I'm not talking about going to the Waffle House and eating early and letting them wait on you. And you guys are saying, preach it, preach it. I'm just reading it because I'm not going to say a word. I don't have to. (laughs) Ooh, it's just getting quiet in here. Verse 16, she goes out to inspect the field and buys it. That involves a job. Now, in the earlier days, my kids, my wife didn't work. She stayed home, take care of the kids. Did I appreciate that? Yes, I did. Did she have to? Well, no, because women, even in that day, they were working. They'd have kids, put them in the daycare. And anyway, it's getting quieter. Verse 17, she's energetic and strong and a hard worker. That's a godly woman. Verse 18, she watches for bargains, and her lights burn late into the night. Now, one thing I've noticed about my wife, and and, and it is true, my wife's a night owl. Not night owl in the bad sense, but she can stay up late. Now, Now, ladies and gentlemen... If you stay up late, you're probably not going to be an early bird riser. If you go to bed early, most likely you can get up early. But if you don't go to bed early, you're not going to get up early. Chances are. I'm just explaining the verse. But her lights burn late. My wife's lights burn late sometimes at night because she's working on stuff for the kids and working on other things or thinking about the, the church and trying to figure out things. And But you know what? 
I try, oh, Lord knows I try, to stay up to 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I try, but if I'm not careful, I'll be, snow, I'll be sound asleep in a chair. But now, if you keep me up to midnight and keep pushing me and waking me up and expect me to be a chipper, rise and shine. I love to get, I love to get up in the morning, rise and shine, give God the glory. And everybody in my house is going, what is wrong with him? He's weird. Shut up. How many of you are late owls? Raise your hand. I mean, raise them high. Now, how many of you are early birds and you go to bed early? Raise your hand. See, I got half and half. So God's not making us all the same, is he? So, and I'm not saying one's bad over the other. Now, preacher, what's your, re- what's your reading here, preacher? You got to be kidding. You got to be kidding me, right? You really expect me to do what you just read in the Bible? Not necessarily. I just read to you what God said about a wonder woman. Well, what about the real world? Well, since you bring that up, someone has said that a woman worries about the future until she gets a husband. Now, the man never worries about the future until he gets a wife. Now, we're getting down more 2019. A successful man is one who makes more money than the wife can spend, and a successful woman is to find such a man that will do that and marry. A woman has the last word in every argument, and every word beyond that is the beginning of a new argument. Now, I'm kind of getting down to the real world where we live. Can I hear an amen? I don't know who's amen, but anyway. As you well know, how you say things are important. As I said, my wife's growing older. And you go, oh, oh, oh. that wasn't the way y'all say that. I understand because my wife will ask me some very difficult questions at times. Such as, what would you like for supper? Well, I don't know. Do you like what I'm wearing? Well, yes. Does it make me look? And I said, don't you dare go there. You see, there's some questions, my friends, that you put us in some very serious predicaments. Well, I just happened to come across some politically correct terms that we might want to consider. Number one, your wife is not a bad cook. She's microwave compatible. She does not work out too much. She has, if I can pronounce this, abdominal. She's an abdominal overachiever. She's not not getting fat or chubby. She's achieving maximum, maximum density. She's not conceited. She's intimately aware of her best qualities. She doesn't shave her legs. She, compare, she, she experienced temporary stubble reduction. She's not dumb. She's a detour off the information of superhighway. 
She does not have a mustache. She's in touch with her masculine side. Now, again, I have learned very, very quickly how to answer things when I'm asked difficult questions. But your wife is definitely one who is very strong. And then fourthly, your wife is a lady of validity. That means she's solid. She's well-grounded. She's convincing, accurate, compelling. And sometimes we'll let you know how accurate she is. Compelling and persuasive. Look at verse 23. Oh, Lord, we're going back to the guide. Her husband is well-known in and throughout the community. Now, by the way, that's not a bad way he's known either. Verse 25, she's clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs with no fear of the future. Verse 26, when she speaks, her words are wise, and kindness is the rule when she gives instruction. Verse 27, she carefully watches all that goes on in her household. That's why kids can't stand, because she has eyes in the back of her head. Verse 28. Her children stand and call her blessed. Her hu- their husband praises her. Verse 30, she's a woman who fears the Lord, and her deeds publicly declare her praise. Well, mom is really the master teacher in the home. Some of the greatest life lessons I've ever learned were taught by my mama. Such lessons I want to share with you that only my mama taught me, such as my mother taught me about anticipation. You just wait till we get home. Y'all ever heard that one? My mama taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when we get home. My mama also taught me about logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going shopping with me today. Well, that's good logic. Mother taught me about psychology. If that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't you come running to me. I promise you, I probably wouldn't. My mama taught me about sex. How do you think you got here? My mama taught me a lot about genetics. You're just like your father. My mother taught me about justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you, and you'll see just exactly what it's like. (laughs) Well, there is a debt. That we all owe as fathers, as dads, as husbands, as men that we can never repay. They deserve a paycheck, but that paycheck is one of appreciation, of acclamation, of admiration, and affirmation. Now, I'm so glad that just a few weeks, and I can't really remember time frames, before my mom was found by the side of her bed, and she had gone on with Jesus, that I got the opportunity to go home. I was laying on the couch, and I was able to, like so many years, see my mom sitting up on the bed. I could see her just as it were today. And she had the newspaper laid out, looking for coupons, looking at the news, watching TV. And then I had the opportunity to be able to take her to Rockdale County Hospital. And there she had a pain block because of herniated disc that she had in her back. And when I took her home, I looked over to my mom. And I said, in my mind, 
I said, I see a woman that I love very much, but she's dying. My mama's dying. And then just not long after, I get a call. And they found my mama upstairs with an upper GI bleed out. She died alone. Now, that leads for some weird stuff. Because some of you have had the opportunity to see your mama die. And you were there. I wasn't. My brother, he had an argument with my mama the night You carry that as long as on this over stupid money. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what a wise thing is. Your mama, your wife, you as a dad, you'll never be perfect on this side of heaven. And there may be a lot of things that you can list that aggravate you. But she's still your mama. And she's still your wife. And you and I need to do everything we possibly can. And I share this in closing because this is a problem. The story was told where... Sometimes you women don't feel your mothers, and you don't feel like you get noticed. And the story was the husband came home. The house was a disaster. The baby was crying. The dishes were dirty on the counter. The laundry was hanging on doorknobs and all over the house. Some of you going, Lord, that's where my house is. The TV was blaring. Beds were unmade. Carpets weren't vacuumed. The dinner was uncooked. He looked at his wife and he said, what in the world has happened? His wife said, you know how you've always heard me say, and you've always asked me, what have I been doing all day long? I just want you to know today I didn't do it. Don't wait till they're not around to realize what they do and don't do. Take that opportunity. As my mama used to say, son, give me the roses while I'm living. Don't pack them on my grave when I'm gone. Show appreciation to those you love while you have them.